0: deserve to be stoned now in this church you got to be real careful and I'm not talking about something else I'm talking about look at your neighbor the other one and say you need to be stoned too I don't know what you're thinking (laughs) truth of the matter is we all deserve to be stoned right and if not for the grace of God if not God stepping into our mess we would be stoned, dead, without hope. Because we serve a risen God, we don't have to worry about that. Hallelujah. That's why the church says hallelujah, because we serve a risen God, and he has hope and plans and a future for you, not to harm you. And that's just a complete bonus, amen? It has nothing to do with anything other than he is so good and so faithful. And we believe one day, everybody in this church, I believe, is saved, amen, even Barry yeah right right yeah Pete I know it's a stretch would you guys pray for me and then I would uh, I'll pray for you guys father God I pray that you would use me tonight Lord just another handhold in this walk, another uh, piece of this journey, Lord, that you would uh, speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. And as we always say, give us the ear that he gave to Samuel, that we would hear what it is you would say. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not sure what's going on here, but I don't walk that much. You know, there's a sound. And if you guys can guess what this sound is. You'll kind of know. I had it all set up. But we don't have it set up anymore. So I'm just going to do this. Tell me what you think this is. You ready? Smart ones are beginning to understand. You know what that is? Those are stones. Those are stones. Right? You guys know where I'm going yet? You guys ever throw those at people? Yeah. No, not you guys. Not you. Not, oh, I'm good. I, actually, yes, Alpha, please. Uh, You guys ever been on the other side of stone throwing? Thank you. By good people. If any of you good people ever thrown stones at somebody else, because you know they're not like you, but they're doing the same thing you did. I've been watching the Chosen lit. Have you guys been seeing that? There's a particular scene that evokes a lot of emotion for me and Lynn. We watch it the other night. Nicodemus's exchange with Jesus. If you can watch that and not cry, you're a better man than I am. Of course, I told him it was allergies. There's another scene with the Samaritan uh, guy. It's, just, it's incredible. But we're going to talk about gentleness tonight. I think it's weird because God's really stretching me. Because you guys know I'm kind of a cuddly, gentle kind of guy. So I'm thinking we're going through the works of the, the, the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. Most of you guys know that, that we're in this series. Some of you guys have been here on everything. You still have no clue. We're in the middle of a series. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. But you're here nevertheless, amen? That's great. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about gentleness. Anybody have a a dad that maybe or a mom or whatever that wasn't gentle all the time? Me too. But the funny thing is, through a lot of suffering towards the end of his life, guess what? He got gentler when he fell in love with Jesus that he knew from a little boy, kind of got away with him in the middle of his life. Towards the end of his life, he became gentle. You like uh, numbers? You know, uh, and I don't read too much into it, but you know, the Bible's pretty, uh is a pretty cool deal when you start looking into what numbers mean. Number nine, there are nine fruits of the Spirit. It's complete. It's finished. Uh, I just thought it was cool as I studied the number nine, how many cool things happen uh, with the number nine in the Bible. You might Google it when you get home. It's not part of the message, but I thought it was cool. So I thought I'd share it with you. But I'm going to read a poem to you guys. But first I need my reading glasses, Lynn. They're in my pocket of my new coat because I can't see anything without my reading glasses. See I think Mel dragged it behind his car on the way here. I'm gonna read this poem. You know there's some tough guys in this church. This might be one of the toughest churches around. Except for Randy over there. But uh, generally speaking, it's a tough guy church, but there's soft hearts for Jesus in this church, right? And I think some of the biggest men that I know have become gentler by being in touch with Jesus. And it's so cool to see big tough guys. uh, Wow, that coffee bar is killing me back there. (laughs) Hit pause on this. Hit pause on this real quick. We're going to come back to tough guys in a minute. You guys see that mural back there? Okay. That's a picture of the last 15 years of this ministry. Visioned by a tough guy, although I think I could take him, Joshua. We're not going to (laughs) try, trust me. But that's a picture of our ministry over the last 15 years. And that evoked a lot of emotion when I first saw it. It brought back how good God has been and how faithful he's been, even when we got off path even when we got off course, how faithful he has been and how good he has been the entire time. It inspired me, us so much that it, a lot of you guys, do you know the story of where we came from, the misfits, how it happened? Anybody? Well, no, that's going to be in our time. We're going to get back to the but I'm, I'm going to tell you that inspired us. At the end of this series, we're going to have a night where we just recap all that God has done because it's so important for us to remember. That's why we have the scriptures, to remind us. We want to remember where we came from, right? Otherwise, so we're going to do that probably after this is over. When you get a chance, just look at that. And, Joshua, we honor you for your vision. That's that's uh, <laughs> it's a big deal. And I probably shed a tear in front of him the other day, and I told him it was allergies. He didn't believe me, and neither did Lynn. So I'm going to read this poem. You know, tough guys can like poems, too. Did you know that? This is a very famous, famous poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow called The Village Blacksmith. <laughs> Lynn and I were on vacation last year in Kentucky. We got to see a real live artisan blacksmith. And he was banging on metal, banging on metal. It was really cool. So I'm going to do my best to read this and think in the backdrop of your mind what we're studying tonight, what we're thinking of tonight is... Okay. Under a spreading chestnut tree... The village smithy stands. The smith a mighty man is he with large and sinewy hands. And the muscles of his brawny arms are as strong as iron bands. His hair is crisp and black and long. His face is, is like the tan. His brow is wet with honest sweat. He earns whatever he can and looks the whole world in the face. For he owes not any man. Week in and week out from morn to night, you can hear his bellows blow. You can hear him swing his heavy sledge with measured beat and slow. Like a sexton, one ringing the village bell when the evening sun is low, and children coming home from school look in at the open door. They love to see the flames forge and hear the bellows roar and catch the burning sparks that fly like chaff from a threshing floor. He goes on Sunday to the church. And sits among his boys. He hears the parson pray and preach. He hears his daughter's voice. Singing in the village choir. And it makes his heart rejoice. It sounds to him like his mother's voice. Singing in paradise. He needs must think of her once more. How in the grave she lies. And with his hard rough hand. He wipes a tear. Out of his eyes. Toiling rejoicing sorrowing. Onward through life he goes. Each morning sees some task begin. Each evening sees it close. Something attempted, something done, has earned a night's repose. Thanks se- thanks to see my worthy friend for the lesson thou hast taught. Thus at the flaming forge of life our fortunes must be wrought. Thus on its sounding anvil shaped each burning deed and thought. Is that good? Is that beautiful? He should have been really famous. Oh, that's right, Gentleness. You know, and and as we thought about this, (laughs) I'm almost embarrassed. Can I be honest with you? I'm almost embarrassed to say this. I don't know how many times I've read Galatians and Galatians 5 in particular and all the other ones, and I hope you guys are too. But for like two days, I studied goodness. Because remember, I told you I had the letter thing where the word deal, whatever that is. I got a little bit of that going. Uh, what is it? It, Okay. Finally, I was like, "Wow, man, I've been studying the wrong thing." But goodness and gentleness are, are kind of similar, right? Because we're dealing with uh, the attributes of Jesus. So, you guys know what meek is. Yes. What do you say? Yeah. Strength under restraint. Under restraint. And I love, you know, that was a good friend of mine, his initials are Tim Crow. Oh, gosh, I hate calling people out. He had a great description of what being meek is. And I think it's real close to what we're going to talk about, gentleness. Picture a wild Mustang, a horse ripped with muscles. But it's broken. It's under control. It has not lost its strength. It just knows when to say something. It knows when to do it. In other words, just because I'm raw power doesn't mean I run around doing whatever I want to do. I'm under control control. So gentleness to me, is is anybody more powerful in the entire universe than Jesus? Aren't you glad he didn't use that against us? Some of us we are honest we did a brown bag the other day about that. There's a time. There's a time to say the truth in gentleness and love. And there's a time to sit back and do nothing let God do something. Here we go. We're going to read the account. And uh, this could be a little bit of a mess, but that's okay. Okay? The text we're going to use is a little bit controversial. And some of the books that you see, the Bible, she'll say, it'll it'll be bracketed in the bottom, and it'll say something like, this is excluded from a lot of text because they can't find evidence from the earliest, earliest, earliest Greek manuscripts that it's even in there, right? And that little thing is called, there's a big word for it. You want a 15-buck word? Pete, do you know what it is? Yeah, Come I on, man. Uh-huh. Okay, our scholar can't figure it out. I got it. I got it right here. It's called pericope adultery. <laughs> right. <laughs> Duh. Now, uh, there, there are people, groups, scholarship that would say, I think this should be excluded from the Bible because there is no direct uh, correspondence from the earliest manuscripts. And there's a whole other thing that would be, we want to include it. Now, their theory for inclusion, we're going to get this in a sec. Their theory for inclusion, they surmise that the text that we're going to read tonight is so controversial to the early church that they wanted it omitted because what it seemed to do is give license to the fact of adultery, right? So remember, that's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was not. And as we get into this, you're going to find out he's very hard on it, but he's also kind and gentle. So what happens is they included it because of his oral tradition, right? So they have included it in the text. And to me, it's a great example of Jesus' kindness, patience, and Long-suffering and gentleness. Okay? Everybody cool with it? In fact, I kind of was like in a little bit of a quandary. Do I use this scripture or do I not? Lynn said, use it, buddy. Okay, so we're using it. And I love it. We start at eight one, but actually the the controversy starts in fifty three in chapter seven. They went to each each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been committed, who had been caught in adultery. Placed her in the midst of in the midst, and said to him. Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, let me pause right there. Mosaic law required both the man and the woman to be brought in to be stoned. Gone, dead, out. But it also required that a witness be brought in to testify that there was no witness. They didn't bring the man, so right there, the Pharisees themselves that brought this woman are in violation of the own, their own law. Right there, they're in the cast. They're, they're hypocrites at this point. Right. Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, in the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. See, what was going on there, you couldn't, if you're a Jew, you could not do capital punishment. So they knew if he, Jesus said, go ahead and kill her, that he would have violated Rome's law. Right? But if he didn't do something like saying she needs to die, then you wouldn't violate it. God's law. They're trying to trap him. You ever feel trapped when somebody gets in an argument with you and you're kind of backed into a corner? That's why it's so important to know what they said, when they said it, how they said it. They said it to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Now, remember, he was in the temple floor. It would have been stone. Nobody knows what he wrote. You can guess and surmise, and it's fun to do in Bible studies and things like that. What if they don't even know, I wrote the Ten Commandments. I am God, and I wrote it. Of course I know the law. They don't know this. What if he actually etched it in stone on the floor? First commandment, second commandment. What if he etched it with his finger just like God did? Or what if he said, "Hey, Rich, I know your baggage. Randy, I know yours too. Barry, <laughs> you're not escaping. I know your junk too. We all got junk. Look at your neighbor. Say we all got junk. And look at the other one. Say I know yours is a lot worse than mine." No, <laughs> that's what the world tells you to do. It's all level at the cross. You see, the law is like uh, the law is like stained glass. It's a mosaic. You break one piece, you broke it all. By the way, Lenny candy, you're making some stained glass, finally. Looking forward to breaking No, just kidding. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let me think about this. They said the lady was caught in the act. Right? That's what they said. So presumably they brought her in unclothed. You would think. They wouldn't bring her in saying, well, go get yourself together. It's time to go to the temple so we can kill you. She probably was brought in, unclothed. Jesus being a gentleman, perhaps he was just staring at the floor. I'm not looking at her like you people. I almost said losers. Religious folk. What if he's just looking at her to give her a semblance of dignity? Just a a little bit. So when you're dealing with people that aren't like you, you know, well, they are more like you than you think, right? Okay, because we've all fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us, right? What if you just treated them with just a little bit of respect, just, just a little bit? Ask God to give you the grace. Let me get this for personal respect, even though they don't even respect themselves. But also try to hold them to a higher standard. I think Jesus could have been, maybe that was part of what he was doing. Whatever he was doing, he was doing it 100% right. It's Jesus. He does, does it right. He stood up and said to them, "Let he, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. I think it's cool because they can't say, he's saying on one hand, Yeah, you're right. It is right to stone her. It's right, according to the law. So he satisfied the law's requirements. I'm not saying you can't do that. Anybody broke their law. He's saying, if it's true, uh, you be the first one to cast the stone. So he's turned it around back to them. Don't you hate when God gives you a view of yourself? It sucks. It's like David, when Nathan came to him, and David, Nathan told him, you're the man. What an ugly picture when God shows you who you really are sometimes. And you realize there's nobody to blame. It's not anybody else. It's me. I did this thing. But the cool thing about it, when you realize I did this, there's a freedom that comes because your stuff's hanging out on the laundry. You ever see people skivvies out on the laundry? It's kind of creepy. I think they must be very secure in themselves. Like, my stuff's out on the laundry line. I got nothing to hide. How about that? When you got nothing to hide, I did it. You're right. Oh, crap. We can't stone them then. Turn to your Bibles real quick to Deuteronomy 17.7. This isn't on your thing. You probably will be there before I get there. This is God retelling the law. The witnesses must throw the first stones, and then all the people may join in. In this way you will purge evil from among you. Jesus knew the law. He wrote it. He's the one who wrote it. And they're telling him, you've heard? Yeah, I think so. I'm familiar with it. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys sharing with me. Once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. Now watch this. What do you guys think happened? I mean, you weren't there, but what are your opinions? And they're just that. What do you think he wrote? What? Their sins. Oh, oh, that's good, Pastor. Could be a possible half-free lottie for you. (laughs) Notice I said half. I'm cheap. Anybody else? (laughs) You got that? That's got you. Anybody else? Each pool, yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe they were creeping on her. Maybe that's what he showed them. Who knows? I mean, it could be a a whole, but everybody's got something. And I love another thing. I'm going to refer to that chosen thing. Uh, I think Peter, he really they really depict Peter what a bonehead idiot until until Jesus got until till Pentecost once he got full of the Holy Ghost, he was never the same. That raw material. I think I'm probably a little more like Peter If there was a, a I'm just an idiot, guys, right? Uh, but this don't say amen and that's like, oh, yes, he finally said it. he admitted it. I admit it. I am, right? God got a hold of me. It's not about Randy or the misfits or anything else. This is about a God who says he doesn't look on the outer appearances. He looks at your heart and what could be if you would come to him. That's what it is. That's the whole doggone thing. If they would just know how much I loved Him, how much I cared for Him, how, how much I paid for them, and they came to me, they could see the beauty of it, right? So in this depiction, Peter, and I think he's judging on Samaritan woman. Ever, and Jesus said, Basically, I'm paraphrasing, you're more like that than you think. You're a lot more like that than you're like me. Jesus had a lofty standard, guys. We need to take our eyes off the other person, put them on ourselves, and be like these guys, have it flip around and look at that mirror and look at you and go, you did this. You did this. And the funny thing, Jesus later clarified, why do you look at the speck in your neighbor's eye and ignore the plank in yours? You who swallow up a nap or swallow camel strain out a gnat? Think about that. So I think if we just flip the script, allow God to show you a mirror of yourself when you're ministering to Samaritans or those kind of people, or let's just face it, plain old idiots. Anybody know any idiots? Don't you dare say yes, Lynn. (laughs) I married one. reformed idiot. There's either idiots or reformed idiots. That's what you got, right? Well, you're working on it. You're still an idiot. I love you. You got a lot of work to do, my brother. Pete, say amen to that. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Why do you think Thinking older ones, you think the younger ones looking at these really good Christians, really good people, Pharisees at the time, and they're looking at them going, well, shoot, if they sinned, I'm leaving too because I know I did. I mean, those guys are supposed to be spiritual. I think it's funny how, you know, the Bible doesn't waste any time. Everything in the the Bible is by precept and example. There's a reason that he said beginning with the older ones and then the younger ones followed. I believe, I truly believe, it's because we're supposed to set the examples for the younger ones. If they can't get it right, how are we supposed to get it right? Right? So older ones? You older guys in here? (laughs) We got to get it right. We have to give them an example to follow. Right? Boys? And Jesus was left alone with the woman. Now I think it's cool because Jesus was always so cool. You know, the longest narrative we have with Jesus was with a woman. How about that? He came to a woman first and told him to go tell. Really, he was the, the, the women were the disciples to the disciples. Women have a special place in the kingdom of God, and I believe in God's heart. So all the other guys tuck tail and ran. Wouldn't that have been a great time for the girl that was supposed to be shamed to get out of dodge? Hey, look at him going. She just runs away. She stood there. She's still guilty, and she stood there and took it, rather than running and hiding, and, and getting out of dodge. She stood there. I'm going to take it because I know he has the keys. I know there's something different about Jesus. There's, he's not like those men. He's not like them. He will not condemn me, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm going to face this thing. Somebody in here tonight, you gotta face something. Just face it. You did it. And guess what? So did I. And so did the neighbor. They deserve <laughs> to be stoned. And so do you. Isn't that great news though? Just just own it. Own it. Stop being an idiot. Stop being a bad example. It's easy to be spiritual and Christian when you're in here. It's a pop fly. When you're out there and the world comes out you at you and you look like an idiot, you make every one of us look like idiots. Don't call yourself a Christian if you're not going to. And I'm saying we all have episodes. You get me? I get it. And everybody knows my laundry. You see my skivvies. Look all oh, that pink little hearts and stuff. You get it, right? I get it. <laughs> but we aim. We come back and we aim. I press on. I don't look back. I press on. I'm not hanging on yesterday's laurels. I'm pressing on. Sometimes it's funny, I think, and when you're preaching or sharing, the people that say amen, you could s- or who I'm talking to, <laughs> who the Spirit's talking to. It is what it is, you know? Is that okay? We all need to be called out. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be called out from time to time. (laughs) As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We were talking the other day, as iron hits iron, it's a little, it's so soft. and just so, this is great. uh, The iron hitting iron is wonderful. Iron hitting iron is violent. It can be, uh, it hurts. Lots of sparks. It, it, it makes a lot of noise. It gets rattled. But that's what God says we're supposed to do. You see me stepping out of line? You should come and say, hey, dude, I saw you at the Walmart the other day. What an idiot. Have you had a talk with God about that? Do kindly. Don't be an idiot. I mean, like, why do I just keep saying idiot? I don't know. But I'm just saying, if you see somebody that's acting out of step with the Lord, you might go, hey, dude. Is something wrong? Is something the matter? You seem off. What's going on? Matthew 8, I think, talks about it. Go to a brother. If you got something against a brother or a sister, go to him. And say, hey, man, you hurt my feelings. Quite frankly, you hurt my feelings. What's going on? Is there something else the matter? This woman standing all by herself. And I imagine she, she couldn't even look at him; I'm probably staring at the f- floor. Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And the coolest words. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go. And from now on, sin no more. You know, there's coming a time that they remember the deal we did a few years ago when you had a dream, you saw Jesus, and he looked right through you. There's no defense. There's no charisma. There's no, uh, your, your your wife isn't going to be there. It's going to be you doing business with Jesus. And he's going to want to know, what did you do? The beam is seat. For the Christian, there is no white throne judgment. Hallelujah. You don't have to go there. That's a big A. That's a big fat stinking. That's a good A, man. You won't, but you will be. You will be at the bema seat. You will be judged on what you did with Jesus. The bema seat. So you'll be standing like that woman, all by yourself. Mama, daddy ain't gonna be there. You can't go on somebody else's faith. You can't go on a faith you had twenty years ago. You will stand before God, and you'll be judged on what did you do with my son. Well, you know, I was awfully busy and stuff like that. And, you know, with the job and everything, and the kids were crazy. And uh, quite frankly, you I thought you were a lot more boring than you appear to be. Uh, and then the scriptures say, then Jesus wipes away our tears. I believe that he'll wipe away the tears because you'll see what God wanted to do. And what you allowed him to do. And you're going to be in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. If you placed your faith in Jesus. But that faith that you placed in Jesus, it demands fruit. To bring forth fruit. To show thy repentance. That's what we've been talking about. The fruit of the spirit. If some of the things we talked about, you're not exhibiting. You really need to have a little talk with Jesus. Just a little talk with Jesus. You need to have a talk with Jesus. And say, why am I not bearing fruit? Why am I not gentle? Why am I not patient? Why am I not kind? Why don't I have joy? Just a little talk with Jesus. And just ask him about it. You can go to him like a friend, that's the, because he is your friend. And just say, man, I just don't have any joy. Life just sucks. I don't know why, Jesus. Help me. Help me see the beauty in life. Now, that's a dangerous prayer. Because he could, how do we say, orchestrate some situations to answer your prayer that you might find uncomfortable. <laughs> However, when you get through it, and it could be anything, when you get through it, then you'll have joy, peace, kindness, love, self-control, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, long-suffering, right? should all be going up. So if you've stalled somewhere, turn your Bibles real quick to 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. Again, you don't have this either. She'll be there before we get to your right. She'll be there first that. Yes, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. So this woman he told to go. Remember? Go and leave your life of sin. still talk about sin in church and how wrong it is and how messed up it is and how Jesus paid for it. And if you were in that life of sin to repent and get back on the right track. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Now watch this. I'm going to pick it up at 16. This is Paul. So we have stopped evaluate, evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. That's a big stinking hallelujah, right? And all of us, this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given, now watch this, God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, baby, yeah. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. I guarantee this woman, when she left there not condemned, she was out telling everybody. I guarantee it. She was out just like the, the Samaritan did, like the woman at the well. Remember her? She she was like, and they depict that in The Chosen, too. Man, she's just, look at her go. Jesus is just like, wow. And Jesus, he did it. He told me everything I did. And she ran away. That's us. Because you should be stoned. And I should be stoned. But we're not. We were set free. Christ bore it for us, so we don't have to do it. He took it all for us. How can we not go tell some great news like that? That's great news. She was, she, she walked into that temple thinking I'm I'm here to die. And she walked out of there going I'm set free, and now I have eternal life, and I know Jesus my personal Savior. How about that? What a difference! What a whole. I mean, what a wow! She what? What? what, what? I know when the preacher came to our house on May first, nineteen ninety three, and this is a bonus. I was like, wow. Preaches the door. You better go get it, Lynn. (laughs) Right, all right. But when he told me the good news, man, you can be saved. You see, I didn't need anybody, a religious Pharisee, to tell me that I had sinned. I already knew it. Something in me, I knew it. You can call it part of the elect, whatever it was, God preordaining, I'm sure it was all of those things, but when it hit me personally like man I'm not I'm not that good. but compared to Lynn I'm you know not too <laughs> but when he told me that I could be saved by placing my faith in Christ and what he had accomplished on the cross, it was such good news you know and that I would be with him forever. No matter what happens, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed daily. One day, and I love that we're going to step into eternity with Jesus. It's going to be an amazing thing, right? Can't be too soon. See, our loved ones gone before us. We'll see. We'll meet this woman. We'll sit around. And tell. We'll talk with this woman until until. Oh, there is no until. There won't even be that word anymore. You'll take until until I. We'll sit around and tell stories. We'll talk with David. We'll talk with Paul. I'll talk with my dad. I'll have hair. It's gonna be wonderful. <laughs> I'll have muscles. I believe we're gonna get new resurrected bodies. That's in the Bible. I believe so. But it starts with knowing Jesus. And I'm challenging you guys. If you if you are if, if you're low on the joy meter, like sometimes some, tell your face you're saved. I see Christians like dude I gotta be honest if I met you in 1993 I sure wouldn't want what you're peddling no thanks I'll continue to do what I'm doing it's a heck of a lot more fun than you're making this thing look where's your joy you're certainly not kind you're not patient with people you judge people you throw stones at people that aren't like you what's your problem what's my problem this is not a bass session guys just relax Everything I'm telling you, I'm looking at myself. God, I got a mirror going, it's you. I don't know what you're thinking. It's you. You deserve to be stoned. You do. But nevertheless, I live because I place my faith in Christ. It's now him that lives through me. Hallelujah, praise God. That's what that is, right? That's why we go, wow. That's why we have all this stuff. That's why I got a little giddy up in my step. Not all the time. I had a bad night sleep the other day, and I was just moping. Barry's going, man, we had a lot of fun yesterday. What, what happened today? I had a bad night. I suck. I think we all know this. Blessed are those whose sins are not counted against them. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's no. It doesn't count against me. It does. You two, knock it off. Stop and stop having fun because you're in church, guys. Uh, this series. You know, it's some, something new we've done probably in the last year, Barry, would you say? You know, do you like series? You know, expository stuff where we're walking through, you know. Um. Do you guys have a better, what's that? Who said it? Standish? Or De- Debbie, I would expect that out of Standish, but not you. See, so control your lady. Have you guys, uh, do you have a better grasp on what the fruit of this period is? you understand how important it is to be exhibiting fruit? That is the whole point. Bring forth fruit to show thy repentance. We're not the same as we were. Paul says we go from glory to glory. It won't be the last time you get off track. You will get off track. If you've gotten off track, repent. I'm sorry, Jesus. Come back. And he goes, I don't really remember what we were talking about. Can we get on with it now? I'm sorry? That's the, that's the best. You're the best. Yes. So that's I, did I have one more little thing I want to share with you? Let me make sure that um, I don't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Think about this. From chapter 3, Genesis, all the way to the end of the Revelation, God's all about restoring us to where we were, right? And every time he would try to do something, they'd kill him. Every time he'd send a prophet, every time he'd send something, he'd just kill him. And then ultimately, they killed Jesus. But God flipped that script all around and worked it out for our good. Hallelujah, amen, right? So here he is. If anybody wanted, to, should have picked up a stone, and wanted to whoop some people down would have been Jesus, right? But even on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That ought to be our same attitude that that we should have. It's not easy. If it were easy, there'd be more of us, right? But watch Jesus. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to it. How often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, And you were not willing. Is that gentle? To me, that just just captures what it means to be gentle, right? Especially, you guys come in here. I'm talking Christian language with you. We're discussing Jesus. We're discussing things of the Bible. We're talking about all the things we have in common. It's easy to be gentle in here. It's easy to be, well, kind in here. There are a few that may work a nerve. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But I'm telling you, it's easy in here. This isn't the challenge, it's out there. It's out there. I'm challenging you this week. Show some gentleness. Say a little prayer before something flies out of your mouth that you can't take back. Right? Just. Oh, okay. Just try that. Wow, I think you got our head rush up then, actually. But this week, call on Jesus to help you. Your ever present help in time of trouble, right? And when the enemy comes like a flood, God will raise a standard up. His standard is the Son, right? His standard is the Word. You have confidence in the scriptures. You've been taught them since you were little, right? You know what we're saying is true because it comes right out of there. It is possible to have love, to have joy, to have peace, to have patience, to have kindness, to have gentleness, goodness, self-control, perseverance, faithfulness. It's possible. It's 10, actually. (laughs) Right? Is it possible? You think you can do it, guys? We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. Even though he deserve to be stoned, I love you. Amen. And Christ loves you more importantly. And he, here's the thing. My favorite author said this. Bernie Manning, he loves you like you are, not as you should be, because none of us are as we should be. Amen. Isn't that great? By the way, I used to have a signed pulpit from him. Somebody at church that I exib- exhibited incredible gentleness took it off with a magic eraser. And I was very gentle. Thank you, Jesus. It actually says, ing an now. Not Brennan Manning anymore. Ing an. Whatever, that's a a freebie. I'm going to pray, and maybe we'll have some coffee. Is it going to be open? No, sorry, it's closed. All out of coffee? Yes, the chairs. So on, really, the coffee bar really is closed? Are you pulling my leg? That's very gentle response though. No, I'm sorry. It's very it's, it's close. Very gentle. That's pretty good for a tough guy. See, we're all growing. Amen. Okay, now here's what we're going to do. So Monday, the Okay. Sometime in the near future. We have carpets being cleaned, so we'd like everybody to help us take everything out of here, and we're going to maybe put some on here and we're going to put it back there cuz we're going to have this cleaned real nice. And then Mr. Mayor and Mrs. Mayor, we can say that now. They're going to come in in a couple weeks and replace that. And the crew, oh yeah, my boys at crew, under Dad's supervision of course, are going to tear out all the carpet, and we're going to put tile in that front. So Mel, when he spills his coffee, we don't. We can be gentle. We can be gentle. He, did, he caught the cup. There just wasn't anything in it when he caught the <laughs> cup. What's Martin doing? We're not talking about that. We're being, we're being gentle. And wasn't it your coffee? <laughs> yes, and I will say, my my brother was bringing me a cup of coffee, and he, how do you know it was mine? And I, you just <laughs> it was first fruits of sorts. Everything ties back into the scripture here. It was a first fruit to get it out of the way, to make you guys feel comfortable. I did it on purpose. Isn't that nice? You're right, Pete. I blew and I lost it. I did this. One quick story and we're out. I love telling stories and this is a funny one, okay? You know one of the only perks I get at the church is, well, not the only. We're closing. This is my close. Then I'm going to pray. You guys know we have a grandson that was healed from autism. Hallelujah. Amen. We believe Jesus healed him. Amen. That's a great thing. He's a neat little kid, and just uh, he works the nerve. In fact, he got, he got excommunicated from the church, but he's been restored. Amen. <laughs> he's back. Okay. Well, uh, wh- wh- one of the perks I get here, I, we're not paid. I, if for anybody new here, there is no paid staff here. Amen. That's why we can give all our money away. It's great. But uh, one of the perks I do have is I, can, I don't have a trash belt home because I bring my trash and I put it in the back. It's a great perk. It's for big-shot pastors, guys. Okay? (laughs) Picture. Well, uh, Ashton was coming to church uh, upon his restoration to the church, and and, uh, uh, the bag of trash was in the back of Lynn's car, and and Ashton was sitting in the car seat. Uh, Not that close. There was a a social distancing between him and the trash can. (laughs) We're driving down the road, and and he's not talking real well, and we hear, Poppy did this. Poppy did this what's he saying she goes i think he said pot. stinks This stinks stinks back here stinks back here poppy did this poppy did this so I was like oh my god he's going off. he's just going off but he was talking amen and i could understand him. poppy did this so this week don't say poppy did this <laughs> flip it and say i did this and i'm like i'm gonna extend grace i'm gonna send gentleness i'm gonna send mercy to my brothers. These and and non-brothers too how about that Father God, we thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you came as an example, Lord, but you most importantly came as our Savior, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that through your death, burial, and resurrection, we can have true life, Lord. We can go. We can go, just like that woman went and leave our life of sin and be ambassadors for you, Lord. We want to be ambassadors, good ambassadors, Lord. So give us that internal uh, fortitude. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and let us go out and impact the world through for Jesus.